Folks, a lot of people have been speaking on Left on Red. A lot of people have said things like, they smoke too loud, their dick's too small, they're too dumb, they smell too bad, their ball's too smooth, there ain't no fucking way those smooth, bald, tiny dick, bad-smelling, stupid assholes are gonna get to 100 episodes. Well, guess what, folks? Let's fucking go! Episode 100 left on red. Woo! So anyway, uh, <laughs> is this a bad time? I quit. I don't know if this is a bad time, but uh, we're not going to get to 100 because I quit. Um, yeah, 100 episodes. and 100 and, fucking episodes. Uh, speak for yourself, bud, because I like a little fuzz on my balls. No. No, no, they were talking about the skin. There's no wrinkles. Oh, well, yeah, but that's just because mine are swollen and infected. <laughs> yeah. I actually just have one gigantic ball, a single ball. I don't have, I don't have two. It's mine, like, mine fused into one. I was going to say, it's like when one twin absorbs the other in yeah, the womb. Yeah, except One of my balls my absorbed the other while I was, you know, in utero. Yeah, one of my... And now I just have a large, singular ball. One of my testicles was too powerful and absorbed yeah. the other. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, now I just have one super yeah. super huevo yeah and it's it's good yeah you know yeah it's I, great yeah i don't i don't notice done. a difference yeah um mm-hmm. it's above my dick though which is <laughs> yeah but my dick it hangs it like, like a, a top it hangs like a turkey's gobbler when, That's right, folks. Episode 100. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We made it. Uh, we did. We made it. And um, I think we've been talking about what to do for episode 100, and Evan and I both have had stuff going on and yada yada. Mm-hmm. And we didn't come to any particularly <laughs> interesting conclusion. We have some good yeah, ideas. No. We have plenty of good ideas to talk about. So when yeah. I, I don't, when I say not interesting, I don't mean that it will be a bad episode. I just mean that, like, yeah. when we were going back and forth about topics that we wanted to discuss, they're all. And so the the positive side of this brainstorm session is that Evan and I have actually come up with like a couple really solid episode ideas, but they're mm-hmm. all like things that we need to read books for because we do that for our research yeah. episodes now. We're trying to be much more legit ever since that one french lady fucking yelled at us um well i i read books for that one though no i know i know yeah i know i know 
Um, that, was a, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, there's so there's closure to that. I don't know if you guys remember a few weeks ago. Yeah. We talked about our first our first hate mail. Uh, we did hear back from them, and so I just wanted to give um, I did want to give them their their moment of redemption on air. Since I yeah. since I we flamed them ev- like very gently. Oh, d- d- like not even fl- like singed. Since we yeah, since very gently tails. gave them a little bit of a zip on air. Yeah. I figured I would, and we don't have to read these, but just that yeah. our our listener. Um, uh, Margaret, who is is French, but I think lives in Australia now, uh, did reach yeah. back out, and it was you know I will say first of all just first of all kudos for sort of mostly owning up to being just like really mean for no reason. <laughs> we do appreciate <laughs> like, that. Um, yeah, and I don't know if you guys remember, but our response was pretty nice and just contained like yeah. the tiniest little bit of like still self deprecating. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't even mean to them. No, it was more. We won't like, ever. We we reengaged in the thing about them. Yeah. that they initially took offense to, which was our uh, our dick jokes. our vile nature. Yeah. So, <laughs> and just to clarify, we'll never engage in like a back and forth of meanness with listeners. So, no. like, if you guys are ever feeling like, even if you're like upset about something we said, just like be normal about it, and we'll. We're just like normal guys. We'll totally engage with you yeah. and whatever. So anyway, but no, long story as, short, as we also. But if you are, uh, if you do, uh, like, like spout off at us, we will read it on air. Yeah. Oh, anything that's particularly <laughs> fun. If it makes us laugh, yeah, we will share it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you pop a head gasket and just like <laughs> scream at us about something, we are going to read it on air. Yeah, yeah. And we won't, we won't dox you. But anyway, so yeah. No, uh, no, so don't. listener Margaret did did respond, and they were like, "Hey, maybe I was a little mean, but I think your response would have been better if you hadn't made fun of me." <laughs> and it was like, "I don't." I, and honestly, dude, when, when I read that, I immediately one eighty'd, and I was like, "Okay." Actually, I respect this person. Yeah, now. that's, that's... <laughs> like I respect them for just like, like, like. Ju- I mean, just smoking our shit. Yeah, and then like with just the lightest with the and gentlest. Fact, and they're like, they hey, like, that's actually kinda, that was really mean. Kind of out of line. Kind of out of line. Like, I know I called red. you guys moron losers who fucking yeah. should just kill just yourselves. Burp and but, should talk but about when fast you, food. But when you highlighted how silly that was, it made me feel really bad. But anyway, they were really pleasant yeah. and offered to send us some more information about. Um, some stuff so who knows maybe you'll hear some follow-up yeah, stuff about because, because stuff. apparently their their um a close relative of theirs was from Ponce and Esprit yeah from from the <laughs> area from like a nearby town so that's pretty no, they cool. said from Ponce and Esprit no they didn't they said from a nearby did, town no they said Ponce and Esprit I, ha- I have the email in front of me man I mean you can't <laughs> like that's fine but I don't want to give away the specifics but it's literally oh. open in front of me they're from okay. a town nearby okay okay yeah do, do you believe me uh, yes, <laughs> continue. Okay. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um. So anyhow. Uh. Yeah. So there might be some follow up with that, and yeah, that's basically it. Um. So yeah, that, thank you for reaching out once again, and and see, it's isn't it great how much more kind of engaged and fun things can be when you're just like normal and nice about stuff, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you had just led with, hey, you know, you misspoke here, I have some information and family that's from the area, yada, yada, would you be interested? Like, yeah, obviously. Yes, of course we'd be interested. That shit rules. Send us whatever you have. We want to read it, you know? So hopefully more comes of that. Um, Do you want to talk about what we were talking about before we started? 
Well, namely, so yeah. what I wanna, so what I wanna kind of try to highlight to you guys is the way that this phone call started. So, traditionally, you know, Evan and I do these um, episodes over Skype. Um, mm -hmm. We are friends in real life, but we live far enough away that like recording is easier yeah. uh, remotely. So, at some point, our cameras will turn on, and generally, I'm sitting here um, wearing some sort of a cap. It'll start yeah. to be like more of a beanie as the weather gets colder, and then my headphones. Mm -hmm. um, and Evan is usually wearing nothing, and then yeah. his headphones because his headphones have a little cushion. Naked. Um, today, so I'm normal, and it opens, and Evan has you know like a an American flag yeah. bandana kind of mm -hmm. wrapped into a little headband and around his head and he has just got this look on his face like hey man you gonna mention a bandana <laughs> and so no i mean usually you mention shit you mentioned when i ripped a vape you know i mean like usually you'll mention things like oh that. here's the thing i maybe i would have mentioned the bandana but i don't like to feel railroaded and so and so then <laughs> you would have mentioned it yeah it was maybe. literally just the look on my maybe. face maybe i didn't like i didn't oh, like figuring i didn't out. like how entitled he's you figuring seemed. me out you felt you seemed like you felt entitled to the attention and you're getting it now but it's different and i hope you yeah. feel like it's different yeah. and yeah and so then he was like so uh yeah what, what about i was like shut just you fucking i'm not talking about it we're not going to talk about the bandana it's fine that you're wearing it and i hope you wear it every oh. day no but it does oh. look very patriotic and very cool and no. evan does look like he's you know a machine gunner in a an apache helicopter in vietnam or something no. it's a good look you know, yeah. it's a good look. Yeah, just yelling, get some. What it honestly I mean. looks like is imagine <laughs> uh, imagine an American flag bandana wrapped around a farm fresh egg. It's it's basically that. Yeah. We got a pretty round head. Well, it's not round. It's ovular. Ovular. But it's you know what it is? It's symmetrical. I feel like the curvature yeah. of your chin and the curvature of the top of your head are very similar. Yes. Whereas so my head is thing. like wide and flatter on the top your mm -hmm. head is kind of mirrored but i wouldn't say it's circular no. you don't have a circ no, you've circular, got an yeah. ovular head it's no i think it's normal thank you but it does look like an egg with a bandana wrapped around it yeah yeah that's right yeah going for my gun actually if anything your yep. head's like a little too symmetrical like you know when you're in like drawing class or something when you're young and they uh -huh. say like start by drawing an oval obviously usually you have to adjust that oval but evan's head is kind of an oval yeah not like a balloon. Mine's, I guess mine's more like a balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just gets yeah. wider at the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took a, I took a cartooning class in, um, in high school. Yeah. Which first of all was a racket because I used to love to draw cartoons. Um, yeah. Like just my, make up my own little characters and draw them in the margins of my notebooks and draw little comics and stuff like that. And I did that all growing up. Um, and basically had the love or that love for that like snuffed out of me sophomore year of college by this class mm -hmm. where I was repeatedly reprimanded for not just like copying the cartoons out of the how to draw cartoon book that she was using my teacher yeah mm -hmm. and yeah it was I ended up finishing the year and not getting a great grade but I put in all this work and we had to make a, a book and I made a, an alphabet book with my own cartoon character who was this creepy. He was definitely inspired by salad fingers. He was this like okay, creepy yeah. man in a top hat with a monocle. Yeah. And I just remember pasto hands. He didn't have the hands, but like his 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 whole demeanor was very kind of creepy and it was definitely yeah. salad fingers adjacent. And uh I just remember that H was H was for hemorrhoids 
And it said, H is for hemorrhoids. Remember not to push too hard. And I got points docked for that. But I thought it was creative. And I brought it home to my mom and showed her that I got like a, you know, a C plus or a B minus on my like cartooning assignment. And she flipped through and she was like, this fucking rules. This teacher sucks. Like, why would you you get like, this is so creative. And what are the other kids in class? Yeah, you had some stick in the mud for a cartoonist teacher. Yeah, and it's like of all the classes where you should be able to kind of just like do your own creative thing. Be a weird little freaky guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Of the of all the places where I thought I wasn't gonna have to mask, you know, yeah. the cartooning class was was one. But uh, yeah. But whatever. I digress. Um, yeah. So you had what was it about hats? So uh, a friend of the pod, Ian, yeah. uh, Ian Miller. Uh, he was on tour. I believe. So I, this was a couple weeks ago. So from memory. So don't uh, crucify me if I get all the details wrong. Okay. Or, or not all the details right, I suppose. If I got them all wrong, you can crucify me. Um, but uh, he was <laughs> well, on hey, tour. Hey, I'll, I'll remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Better hope you get but something. He, right. was, he was on tour and um, on like Instagram, like he had uh, posted about how, uh, did some kind of like little survey thing because um, one of the uh, the band, one of the members from the other band mm-hmm. was, um, uh, said that it's weird uh, for people to like wear a hat inside when they're like by themselves. You know what I mean? Like before going out or uh-huh. whatever, if they're just hanging out. And usually I don't do that. Sometimes if I'm really cold, I'll put on like a beanie or something. Okay. I think this was specifically about baseball caps, though. And yeah. but I had uh, I had replied to Ian. I was like, you know, what? I would say like ninety plus percent of the time when I podcast with Cam, Cam's wearing like a ball cap yeah. or a beanie. Mm-hmm. He's wearing some kind of hat inside of his house. So I was like, I don't personally do it, but I don't think it's weird. You know, you can just, you can just wear a fucking hat inside. I mean, my whole thing is this. I, I guess my, the only reason I struggle, I've never considered it ever. Never even yeah. occurred to me to think about this, but yeah. I guess I, I take some sort of weird umbrage with the notion that like, are, is it is it that caps are supposed to be performative? Like, do you only no. wear them to showcase them to others? And it's not. Well, no, I would say I would say maybe it's more of a utilitarian view. Like, there's no sun inside. Why would you wear a sun? I don't wear shading. S- cap? I don't wear sunglasses inside. But like, yeah. I don't know. But it's I just think this hat's ball. real nice. It's comfy. It sits. Well, nice it's company who get. You know, what? I yeah. actually take umbrage to the fact that this cocksucker thought that he could dictate what me or anybody else wears inside when nobody else is around. Mm. He's probably in. A, or even thinks about it. Probably in a cool band. Maybe. Maybe that's why. Sounds I guess if you're like, just in the home, if you're though. like a cool guy. Then maybe you gotta you gotta think about this stuff because like no sounds a little fascist. Someone to has me. to. Sounds a little fascist. Yeah, me. I don't want to play devil's advocate because here I am doing the wearing doing the, the ball thing. cap inside. Yeah. yeah, this it's specifically this ball cap though. I fucking love this hat. This hat yeah. I wore this hat in Nicaragua. It's mm. it's impregnated with volcano dust. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's been across the country. This is my hat. I don't know. I like this hat. No. I wear this hat pretty much every day. Except it'll start to be cold, and then I'm going to want some ear coverage. Yeah. And uh, at which point, I'll switch to earmuffs inside. Mm. Oh. <laughs> That's a, that could, could be the move. Yeah. The indoor earmuffs. Yep, 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 yep.
Um, so... Yeah. So, okay. So we've been doing this show now for a hundred years. And <laughs> yeah, we're old. In, in honor of our 100th anniversary. Um, yeah. I mean, I know that there were just a few things that we wanted to talk about. But I think yeah. one of the things that we wanted to kind of spend some time on uh, yeah. was talking about, like, the genesis of the show. But then also, yeah. those of you who... Well, I think everybody probably can see it. We've got a little mascot. Yeah. And the image of our podcast is a is a was created by um a friend of ours. And mm-hmm. it it depicts a a cartoon uh fellow. Yes. Who's got a very specific jawline. And Yeah, he's got a famous jawline. A famous jawline. His uh his entire uh, family line has a famous jaw. Line, yeah, you know? yeah. It's named after genealogical line. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked. It's a fucked up jawline. Yeah. Um, and so maybe a particular jawline that you're awarded when some members of your family have had a little hanky panky going down. Yeah, too many chromosomes for, in common for a few for a few generations. Mm-hmm. They've had pop pop in the attic, you know what I'm saying? For all my arrested development yeah. heads out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking when you said that, my first thought was Flowers in the Attic, which was that movie about the well, siblings that kind of have a yeah. thing up in that, the attic. That too, you know. Um, yeah. Remember if you pass a if you pass a quick mark, pop pop gets a treat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta rewatch that show. So yeah. so I'm sure some of you have guessed who this person is, but it's so this is uh, this is Carlos the second. Or Charles the Second of Spain, the Bewitched, uh, the Charles bewitched. the Bewitched, El Echizado, yeah, uh, who was a member of the Habsburg European royal family, um, and so I think we kind of wanted to give give Carlos a little bit of time because his time in the sun because he didn't get too much of that while he was actually no, alive. No, and so <laughs> we we. So I guess, what do you want to talk about? Why we chose Carlos, and then why, like the I, we both so we both love him. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite royals of all time, yeah. certainly. Um, you know, as a as a Portuguese man, I don't like a lot of Spaniards, but I love this. But one. does he really even count as a Spaniard? I mean, the Habsburgs are no, they're everything. That's the funniest part. Yeah, they're not. Those Spaniards got themselves ruled by some Austrian fucking yeah sibling fuckers yeah <laughs> so basically like for for <laughs> for uh <laughs> for centuries leading up to yeah. um for centuries leading up to the life of carlos ii who yeah. i think was born in oh he was born in 1661 right no, no. and lived for 39 years no like glorious 39 years <laughs> oh yeah those just soared like a fucking chariot across the heavens for those 39. <laughs> and um, he was the heir to the the Habsburg branch. Or I'm sorry, the Spanish branch of the Habsburg yeah. royal house. Who at this point in the 1600s and into the 1700s had married their way to the top of most of the preeminent royal houses of Europe, right? So they were in Austria. They were in the Holy Roman Empire. They were in mm-hmm. Spain, and then they had cadet branches elsewhere. But yeah. they were the ruling houses. They were they. I think they made inroads in France, right? But they were never mm-hmm. the ruling house of France. 
Yeah. Um, but they were a big deal, and they were certainly one of the richest and most influential families in the world, and definitely in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Carlos was the result of generations of Habsburg inbreeding. So when you think yeah. about European royalty, one of the things we now come to associate most with that is this idea of like cousin, like close cousin fucking, you know? Yeah. And there is still an element of that. And there's always been this sort of idea of like, keep royals royal, don't marry into common bloodlines. But mm-hmm. the Habsburgs really took that to uh, an extreme. And yeah. And, and part of it is this too was so that like through inheritance, they didn't kind of like the you know the the seats that these uh that these uh Habsburg rulers held wouldn't fall to a different family right through and in, through inheritance right you know? so yeah if you marry yeah if you marry a uh, if you marry like a Habsburg girl to I don't know a Bourbon boy right and then I don't know there's some you know there's some pestilence that befells all of the the male um the male Habsburgs before her and she inherits a title her children are going to be from the house Bourbon. Yeah. And so then the title will go to that house and it will go outside of the Habsburgs. Right. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's so a, they came up with a, a real fun way. Yeah. To, to right. Make sure that if didn't you want to make sure that female cousin Habsburg over here and male cousin Habsburg over here have <laughs> children that inherit all of those titles and never have to give any of them away. Well, yeah. just marry them to each other. Don't gotta worry about those matrilineal uh, titles passing if the women are married to the men in your family. Yes. So just keep it in the family, <laughs> and you end up condensing titles and power and keeping yeah. keeping them in the family. So yeah. that's all good and well. And there were Habsburg monarchs who were who were great. Um, so I think the first uh, the first of the the Habsburg. Mm-hmm. monarchs of spain was charles v who was well so he was charles the first of spain but he was charles the fifth yeah. of uh uh the house of habsburg he was the holy roman emperor mm-hmm. uh and archduke of austria from 1519 to 1556 and then mm-hmm. also king of spain from 1516 to 1556 he was lord of the netherlands and he was duke of burgundy duke of burgundy was a big fucking deal everybody yeah. And we should Plus do an episode cool on the Dukes. Title. But the Duke of Burgundy Duke specifically, of Port, for like Burgundy, a yeah. for like a period of time in medieval Europe, was like mm-hmm. chef's kiss, big dick player. Time. You you want more powerful mm-hmm. than any monarch, whatever. I know. So this is obviously mm-hmm. slightly after that period of time, but for yeah. a little while, being Dirk of Bur- Duke of Dirk of Burgundy, Dirk, Dirk of Burgundy, being the Dirk of Burgundy <laughs> was was a huge deal. Dirk, so the Dirk of Burgundy. So you know, we're talking about like Charles V was was by all accounts, like a pretty miraculous dude. He had this huge land holding that stretched from the Iberian Peninsula all the way over to Eurasia and had consolidated all this power for the family. And that's like a real high point. However, Mm -hmm. Charles V, I think for a lot of people, historically marks like the turning point. It's when all of these Habsburg plans, they kind of came to their culmination with him and he had all of these titles concurrently. But also past that point, things start to kind of fall apart. And part of that is just that it's really hard to, especially when you're dealing with something like the HRE, which is electorate-based, 
it's just tough to wrangle totally all these decentralized right, so. princes and kings and dukes and whatever and they're all supposed and to And they can all go to war with each other even though that they're all ruled by you. Yeah, it's it's there's no right. It's so like when you're the the, the Holy Roman the Emperor. The Holy Roman Empire looks like Swiss cheese with all Right. The, and if you're the way if it was like all these tiny little electorates and shit. If you're the Holy Roman Emperor, you don't have the same kind of like personal power behind the title, right? That you would if you were say like a Roman emperor. Now, yeah. If you went into your imperial reign as, you know, a king or a prince elector or something and you had an established power base, great, you had that. But you don't necessarily pass that on, right? Yeah. And it doesn't – becoming emperor doesn't necessarily automatically magnify your power. If you're already the big swinging dick and you become emperor, great. But the imperial title itself doesn't confer big swinging dick energy on you. So – no, first of all, wait, did you just hear that? What was that sound? That thud? Yeah. Yeah, that, my cat just tried to jump into my lap. Uh, Sancho just went face first into the desk. Oh, what a silly goose. <laughs> Sorry, Sancho. Sancho, you're you're, you're a back. goose, bud. Um So anyway, I'm kind of I'm kind of meandering around the point here, yeah. but uh after Charles V, things start to kind of decline. And so part of that as I said was because it's just hard to wrangle that much power and things start to kind of drift away and, you know, through marriage, through et cetera, et cetera, things. But the other mm -hmm. side of the coin is things that start getting, started getting real incesty. And yeah. that started to become a problem post Charles yeah. V. And I know it's going to be confusing because I'm talking about Charles V and I'm going to go on to Charles II. But I remember, this is Charles V of Austria who was who also, also Charles I of Spain. Yes. And so we're then going to branch off, and the, the Spanish Habsburg line diverges from the Austrian mm. and Imperial Habsburg line and becomes a separate branch of the House of Habsburg. And so we they're mm. the Spanish Habsburgs. And so the next reigning Charles of the Spanish House of Habsburgs is then Charles II. And that's mm -hmm. our... That's our uh, that's the big dog. That's our guy, right? That's Carlos our... Carlos II. So... <laughs> so, he was... Uh, oh, my goodness. So, he was the, the great... The great-grandson of Charles V? Or the grandson? He was, I think, the great-grandson oh. of Charles V. Yeah. And... Boy, oh, boy. Things have changed. So, you end up with... What became the dominant feature for these Habsburg kids, and men and women, as they started fucking each other, and as they mm -hmm. kept just fucking only each other, yeah, is they started it. to they started to develop what began as a, sort of a regal and prominent chin, and in some of the younger guys, even you know Charles, if you look up Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor, mm -hmm. he's got a big chin, but it's big yeah. in like a Jay Leno kind of way, where it's like, oh, it's prominent, you know. I'm not gonna yeah. say it's beautiful, but it's got a very kind of masculine, strong. Jawline. strong regal thing and it's definitely noticeable but it's not insane and then yeah. you look up charles ii it's fucking weird it's gotten strange. yeah it, it's it's forward they've started to develop <laughs> what is clearly a birth defect and they have this massively overdeveloped jaw that juts forward at an extreme angle there's this pretty With like an under there's like a uh, an underbite yeah pretty pretty brutal oh, wow. underbite and it, to the point where, you know, it, it actually apparently made it quite difficult for some of these later Habsburgs to speak 
clearly. Yeah. Because they're and like eat normally. They couldn't eat shit. normally. They couldn't speak yeah. clearly because they had this big old hunkin' jaw. And if you look up the Habsburg chin or the Habsburg jaw, um, you'll see it. It's it's famous. Yeah. Have Have you guys ever seen the movie Sling Blade? You know, kind of like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like kind of like what it's, Billy Bob Thornton's working with. It's sort there. of like that, but yeah, it's 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 a little more nuts. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Way more nuts. But, but just, just beginning. Just go on Google or you can use Bing if you want and look up the Habsburg jaw. Um, you know who actually looks like he could be a Habsburg is yeah. is Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg has a Habsburg look to him. Yeah. Like if well, you hold up you his portrait, the, the, the cold dead stare in his beady eyes, and just the pale sickly skin and the and the yeah. the color of his hair and everything, he looks mm-hmm. like he could be a Habsburg. Yeah. So his parents were uncle and niece, mm-hmm. and they both had big jaws. And then now he has the biggest jaw. But so we 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 sort of fell in love with with Charles or Carlos. Let's call him Carlos mm-hmm. to differentiate him from Charles the fifth. Yep. We fell in love with Carlos probably in college, right? Mm-hmm. And it's largely because he's like the the embodied example of like royal inbreeding gone wrong. And so yep. by the time he inherited the throne um, of Spain, he was essentially like a total invalid. And it was just a result of like generations at this point of, of structured and intentional inbreeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and after this, after Charles... I think there's a marked shift away from, you know, no more uncles and nieces, no more like first cousins. You know, yeah. if we're going to do this, we really need to diversify a little bit because this guy's fucked. And so as yeah. we described, <laughs> he, was, he was known as the bewitched. Um, yeah. And there were all kinds of crazy an- yeah, anecdotes. Thing. There were all kinds of crazy <laughs> anecdotes about him um, that I think are largely yeah. why largely why we 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 like him so we love him folks um so (laughs) throughout his life he was basically sick the whole time yeah um he became king at the age of three right when his father died so 1665 and from that moment on it's pretty much all anyone in europe is talking about is like this fucked up inbred yeah. child who's hey man have you seen the new fucking Habsburg? right like have you seen this freak they just churned out who's ruling yeah. spain like yeah it's bad and so he's he he's got all of the features of like some sort of hillbilly horror movie like backwoods mm-hmm. murder freak except he's like one of the richest people on the planet and in charge yeah. of uh, one of the most powerful countries on earth um, so it all starts with uh, the, the one of the fav- my favorite quotes um, about Charles is from mm-hmm. uh, historian John Langdon Davies, which is, uh, of no man is it more true to say that in his beginning was his end. <laughs> from the day of his birth, they were waiting for his death. And <laughs> that really does no, sum honestly, it up. Honestly, same. Yeah, right? Like I can, I can, I, you know, I can respect that. Nobody... Nobody was stoked that he was in charge, and everyone was basically like, okay, like, <laughs> great. He's yeah, king. When, when he came out of his mother chin first, everybody knew this was going to yeah, be some yeah. fucked up shit. Bit through his own umbilical cord. It was, yeah. it was a problem. Yeah. So yeah. He, he was married twice, right? He had, he was, they, they tried to keep it going, was never able to produce children. Um, and 
there was ongoing debate about why that was. Was it like impotency? Was it that was he sterile? Was he sterile? Uh, which both are potentials. Yeah. Uh, was believe, he just like inbreeding can lead to sterility? It, I mean, it's widely considered that he was likely at least at least slightly intellectually disabled, um, yeah. if not like pretty substantially. But there are there are differing accounts as to like the degree mm-hmm. to which he was, you know, all there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for for whatever reason, uh, they they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't get it to take. They couldn't get him to. He wasn't having any kids. He Charles yeah. wasn't. There wasn't going to be a boy was shooting blanks. There wasn't going to be a Charles the Third. I mean, there yeah. would, but it's not going to be his kid. So, yeah. um. <laughs> so uh, he would eventually be be succeeded by Philip of Anjou, who is uh. Grandson of uh, Louis the Fourteenth of France, so mm-hmm. it cha- the house is going to change, and it's as a result of his inability to reproduce. Um, yep. And it, the the vacuum that exists after his death is gonna is gonna kind of erupt in war and become a whole big thing with the the royal houses all fighting over the power mm-hmm. that this guy left behind. But mm-hmm. that's not really why we like him. We just kind of like him because yeah. he's this weird little inbred freak and so there are another bunch of little um another bunch of little anecdotes about him so uh modern modern uh analysis based on contemporary accounts uh, assume that he had what's called combined pituitary hormone deficiency and uh distal renal tubular acidosis um which <laughs> so the first um Basically, these are like just like hormone and protein defi- deficiencies that lead yeah. to um, kidney failure, liver problems, heart problems, um, hydrocephaly. So he probably had a fluid-filled head that caused him a wet head. Yeah, it probably caused him uh, great discomfort, headaches, and also, you know, potentially the aforementioned uh, intellectual it disability. As though the king suffered from. <laughs> um, but also, like, as a kid, disease, as a kid, he was really <laughs> prone to illness. Um, so he survived measles, chickenpox, rubella, and smallpox, all of which were fatal in the 1600s, right? None mm-hmm. of these were, like, a small deal. They were all kind of big deals. So he had all of them. He also had rickets. Um, mm-hmm. So he had to wear leg braces until he was five and, like, couldn't walk. Uh, and apparently he was considered such a failure that they just like, didn't even bother trying to educate him until he was a teenager. And it became clear that he was like, definitely going to inherit. He didn't die. They just like assumed he was going to die. And they're like, we don't need to, we don't need to raise this boy. We can just toss him in the oubliette. Yeah. So, um, so he did finally have tutoring. Um, it's hard, so it's hard to know for certain. There was obviously like a huge bias against people with any sort of disability back then. So like contemporary accounts are ex- especially damning. But he might have been smart. This could have been like an I Claudius situation where he was just playing it smart. We don't really know. Yeah. Um. So one. <laughs> uh. Apparently, he was extremely physically active, and he liked to go hunting, and he liked to do masculine things. Uh. But one thing about him that is particularly interesting is that. When his when his father died, yeah, he spent uh, a good period of time sleeping with his father's corpse. Totally normal. Yeah, that's totally yeah. Totally cool. Now apparently this was done uh, under directions from uh, his mother, mm-hmm. uh, who said that the disinterred body of his father would help 
him to produce an heir. Proximity to yeah. it would make it easier for him to reproduce. Uh, but it didn't seem to make him very happy. He was apparently pretty upset by it and traumatized by having to sleep with his daughter, his father's, because it was years after his father died. It was like his father's like mummified corpse. But also like, so also just to say like the, so the level of inbreeding that uh, Charles II was at, um, the, uh, the, the, um, <clears throat> he was uh, supposedly more inbred than what you would typically find if an uncle married their niece. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like, yeah. uh, you have, you have a, what's called like the F value, which is, you know, you can map, uh, you know, genealogy and, um, uh, like inbreeding. And so, so the F value of his was higher than what you would see through an uncle niece marriage. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just to get an idea of what they were cooking up there. Um, the Habsburgs. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was aggressive. So the, yeah. the actual consanguinity was probably closer to like, yeah. due to the inbreeding, it was closer to like his parents being siblings. They, they yeah. were closer than uncle niece in terms of like their actual yeah. genetic similarity. Yeah. Um, their, their legal relationship was uncle and niece, but like mm-hmm. the degree to which inbreeding had taken place well, was like far more than what you'd expect. Yeah. So like, yeah, right. Like your uncle, if, if you're a, a nephew or a, a, a niece of an uncle, they were closer genetically than you are to that person just because of yeah. how much effort had gone into that. Um, yeah. So when he was young and they were trying to arrange his marriage, here's another anecdote. An- anecdote. I always say anecdote. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe that's – is that a New England thing? Do other people say anecdote or is that just me? I think that's just you, man. Oh, man. I just fuck up. Like I know it's not that, but I like to that's say That's anecdote. It. So he was uh, betrothed to Marie-Louise of Orléans. Um, who's the eldest niece of Louis XIV of France and the daughter of Philippe I, Duke of Orléans. And when the French ambassador accompanied uh, her to meet her betrothed, he mm-hmm. remarked in a letter back to court that, quote, Charles was so ugly as to cause fear and looks ill. So, like, <laughs> if you look him up, the, there are lots of portraits of him. And something that I always like to think about with, with Carlos is, like, what we see of him are, like, professionally done portraits attempting Mm -hmm. to look as good as possible while still clearly being a portrait of him i would be so interested to know what this young man actually looked like in real life yeah because it was definitely way worse than the paintings yeah yeah because yeah the paintings aren't good yeah because they're painting in a way that they're like all right i don't really want to get thrown in prison for this painting right it needs to be clear (laughs) that i'm painting this guy i need to make him look as good as possible without outright just like changing his face so Apparently yeah, it he was, was horrible to per- up, to uh, to uh, yeah. horrible to perceive. So Marie Louise uh, later claimed that he was uh, a pretty brutal, premature ejaculator, and that <laughs> he would come basically instantly whenever he was stimulated at all. Um, so that was <laughs> yeah, that was part of uh, <laughs> that was part of it. He also. Um, was potentially infected with herpes, uh, like at yeah. birth, and so that also, because back then, nice. you know, a lot of people had herpes, and so he was he yeah. was uh, infected with herpes at birth, and uh, there are also there was some physician who described uh, his body after he died. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So, eventually, he dies. Right, he dies in uh, November first of seventeen hundred, um, five days before he turned thirty nine. And the autopsy records of his death are hysterical. Yeah. And Evan and I have spent 
yeah. a long time. I don't necessarily need to read this, but I want to get it exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the autopsy records of Charles II. With, with, the, with the language of the time, yeah. it's so much funnier. They, it's just very factual, like matter of fact. They, they record that uh, his uh. heart was the size of a peppercorn. <laughs> That's my, I love it. His lungs corroded, his intestines rotten and gangrenous. He had a yeah. single testicle, black as coal, <laughs> and his head was full of water. Uh, so again, there's that hydrocephaly. He had like three large stones in his kidney as well. Yeah. Um, another <laughs> quote from the time, uh, quote, It is incomprehensible how this monarchy survives. <laughs> like, he is... He is... Um, he was... He was something. And then... Uh, the, there's the, the other quote which i can't find but basically yeah. that like about how charles like during his life would con- what was it continually baffles christendom yeah, by uh, continuing uh, continually to baffling uh yeah uh it was something like uh like he was already in the grave by the time he was born yet he repeatedly baffled christendom by continuing to live <laughs> dude what a thing so anyway i don't know we've been kind of rambling on and on but so that's our yeah. mascot it's charles the yeah. second we love him because he's like the demented like culmination of the the habsburg inbreeding project and um he was just he was just a miserable sod like things were not gonna be good for him and i got it i got all right so he was short lame epileptic senile and completely bald before 35 always on the verge of death but repeatedly baffling christendom by continuing to live just like poor guy he had every childhood disease imaginable his head was full of water he couldn't walk he, he busted, couldn't talk busted ropes constantly the, just the nutting his woman pants looked at him. Yeah. like just, <laughs> uh, it sounds like a character that you would create for a movie yeah. But that's it. So so that's him. We just love him. Yeah. And I feel like he embodies <laughs> like this heart was black like a peppercorn. I know, dude. He had he had a heart the size of a peppercorn. Yeah, peppercorn, yeah. A single and one single ball. black testicle as black as coal. <laughs> black as coal. Hard and lumpy. Yeah, his head was full of rotten, water. gangrenous intestines. Couldn't walk, couldn't talk. Kidneys stuffed. Totally with bald. Kidney disease. <laughs> herpetic. <laughs> Had had measles and rickets and shingles and rubella and everything. Everything. So just scarred. Fucking huge jaw. Just huge jaw. (laughs) Like nothing you've ever seen. A huge jaw. It would make Robert Zadar blush. Oh my god, yeah. Robert Zadar is a good example of the Habsburg jaw. Um, Yeah, he he has this thing where his just bones grow. Yeah, he's got like, what is it, acromegaly? Yeah, it's it's, uh, something. Your bones grow? Yeah, it's something like, uh, or not really, it's not that the bones grow, but it creates that look. Yeah. But uh, where apparently it's a condition that's easily treatable, he just didn't want to get it treated because it gave him a distinctive feature and helped him, like, get rolls. And, you know, it it gave him this, like, kind of, like, menacing look, so he would always get rolls as a villain, so he just let it grow his whole life. Yeah, fuck it. I mean... You I mean, he was well. happy with it. He could have gotten it stopped at any point. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, no, it's cool. I'm, I'm cool with the job. I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cool. All power to you. I like it this way. <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, like, yeah, the pictures at the end of his life, dude, his, it's so fucking wide. Yeah. It really was. It was crazy. So, yeah, he looked, he just looked like a big jawed guy when he was younger. But yeah, by the end of his life, it was just like, whew. yeah. By the time he was like, an old man. Yeah, just doing like cons and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, we love Robert Zadar on this podcast. Yeah, we're pro a pro Zadar podcast. Yeah.
Um, so yeah, so that's that's Carlos the second. So he's our yeah. he's our um, pod mascot. Our pod mascot. That's why we chose him, just because he's kind of sad, but also kind of funny and y- unique and yeah, quirky and it's just an odd little thing. And so we were thinking about doing like a whole fleshed out episode on him, but the main book that we could find about Carlos is out of print and it's like a translation from an old Spanish book and it's like 150 bucks. And yeah. that's just like not something we're probably going to buy at this juncture. <laughs> yeah. The day yeah. might come. Um but I think that's a good segue into our next yeah. subject of conversation, which yeah. uh I'll let Evan take the lead, but we wanted to to celebrate, I guess, our 100th episode by trying yeah. to kind of propel ourselves forward a little bit in terms of like what Ugh. we're actually able to yeah access and accomplish for the show yeah so like at this point you know we've done 100 episodes uh hours and hours of free content um and you know we've each spent hundreds if not upwards of a thousand hours on this podcast uh each of us and um you know it's it's really a labor of love for us and uh you know it's probably always just going to be that however um you know, especially, like, lately, like, you know, it is, uh, as the world gets increasingly more and more difficult to survive on, you know, single incomes, uh, for us, you know, I, I, I've personally found myself having to take up, like, odd jobs on the side, uh, which also limits, you know, how much time I can spend on the podcast, um, but so Cam and I, we decided that now on episode 100 is the time for us to launch our Patreon, which, uh, for the time being, is you know going to be totally donation uh, by donation. You know what I mean. We're not going to do any exclusive content yet. But basically, um, you know, both we spend money on this podcast and we give all the content away for free. Um, but you know, we you know for I mean just for the the um, ancient mysteries series. You know, I've spent you know uh, over a hundred dollars on books for that that yeah. series alone, while doing other episodes that I've had to buy other books for. And I know, I know Cam, he's had, you know, buy books for his series as well. You know, he's uh, been able to go to the library for some, but has done something like four books or uh, for his uh, Genghis Khan series. And, uh, you know, we have to pay for hosting fees for the podcast. Yeah, which isn't a lot, but it adds up. And yeah, Yeah, we bought all the equipment and all. It's just, it's it's an ongoing thing. But, and and on top of all that, we want to do more. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, we, yeah. We feel like we've kind of plateaued a little bit in terms of like what we have access to and what we're able to put out so um we just thought that the patreon would be a good idea and we would love to move towards a model where that's successful enough that we can then not only justify but actually feasibly accomplish creating bonus episodes where we're you know adding a layer of you know content relative to Mm -hmm you know, donations and donation tiers and things like that. But right now, I think we're really just thinking about, like, how do we propel this thing to kind of the next level? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the type of content we do and the type of guys we are, you know, scrounging for, like, corporate sponsorship has never really been something we were interested in. Um, If anything, like, downright disinterested in. So (laughs) we figured that, you know, crowdsourcing was a good way to kind of, you know, 
I don't know, try to grow the podcast. So I think mm-hmm. the idea is that nothing gained from it will will ever be put towards anything but like just feeding back into the business, at least when we're at this stage of, of you know, yeah. asking for donations. Um, so we are going to post a link to that uh, Patreon yeah. that Evan made. And, um, you know, there, there's no pressure, but we do hope, you know, that if you guys are, are interested yeah. in continued content and, you know, the idea of like revamped uh theme song revamped artwork uh better recording equipment all the things that go in towards like creating a more packaged thing and also just allowing us the freedom financially to like pursue this as a more full-time endeavor um yeah because as our standards for research and quality have gone up what we've ended up doing is more episodes you know kind of like this where we're talking and shooting the shit and whatever and that's great and we love those and we've gotten really yeah, good by, feedback on those yeah um, by all accounts people really like these episodes yeah and you know anytime that we've reached out to ask what people think about these they say more you know as long yeah. as as long as we're releasing episodes every week they don't care if right. it's like this or the heavy research format and i think it is nice to have like kind of like a mix of that i think so too um but you but, know yeah, we still want to do the research episodes and as the yeah. demand for you know, what we need to make those actually good increases, it cuts mm-hmm. into, you know, what we have to do to just like stay alive. So um, <laughs> we never want, I think we, we, we talked about this for a long time. We do. And we talked about yeah. this for a long time before we did it. And the last thing well. we want is for things to come across like we're like scrounging for something here. It's more just like, you know, this is a product that we care a lot about. And as our desire to have it be better has increased, the needs of it mm-hmm. have increased. And yeah. so we're hoping that some of you guys kind of feel similarly. And, you know, if you are with Extra and you have the ability to um, yeah. to share uh, with two independent creators who <laughs> are just doing this because we've got some unscratchable itch to yeah, <laughs> have our silly little voices be heard. Um, but if you like it, uh, we would we would be totally stoked um, yep. to 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 put your um, donations to to work. And so we plan to be pretty transparent about what those are going towards. So like as we're, mm-hmm. you know, say we um, are thinking about a new theme song, we'll try to like keep you guys in the loop with like how that looks and um, just whatever whatever we decide to do topics books whatever yeah. you guys want to hear we're, we're up for all that too i mean this can be a two-way street um yeah but yeah the, the main thing is that we just want to do this to get you guys more content and higher quality content yeah you know what i mean yeah and and, and not you know, be so us... interrupted by um, each other <laughs> but also yeah. not be so like i'm sorry i interrupted you but not be so interrupted yeah. by life when it crops yeah. up and you know we have to s- spend weeks not working on the show because we have to spend weeks work working yeah um or well, yeah, try, trying to fit in some research in between, like, working, like, 15 hours in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, some of that stuff, you know, it gets uh, real exhausting after a while. And then, you know, you know, mistakes will happen and stuff like that, too. Or you'll miss things, you know, because uh, you're kind of burnt out or whatever. Yeah. So. But, yeah, yeah anyway, um, yeah, we'll we'll put the link there. We'll post it on the socials. Um, but, yeah, again, right now, it's just donation only. But, you know, if you guys, you know, we know there's a lot of you out there that really like the show. Um, there's people that, you know, that, you know, we know we can see the, the download numbers for, uh, basically are the majority of our fan base. They're listening like immediately to, to our episodes or within the first few days. So we know that there's people out there that really look forward to this. And, uh, if you have a little bit of extra, um, you know, we, we have th- we're three donation tiers set up, but you can also adjust that. So like, if you really don't have much money, um, but you have like a little bit that you want to give, you can, you know, adjust, 
uh, the, the lowest tier, um, even just like a dollar a month or whatever, that would be awesome. Because if, you know, a handful, you know, or a few dozen of you guys, you know, start out doing that, um, I mean, that, that would go a big way uh, towards, you know, us being able to get more materials to get things out to you faster. To not really have to worry about doing other things for money on the side, and then we can work on this. And I'll just uh, make us, you know, just really help us uh, uh, just create more stuff for you guys. Yep. And I'll finally be able to get that uh, custom molded fleshlight that is uh, mm -hmm. exactly like Chelsea Clinton's <laughs> pubic area that I've been that I've been dying yeah, for. So the Chelsea Clinton uh, butthole yeah. fleshlight. The Chelsea Clint Clinteris. <laughs> I don't know. So whatever, it doesn't matter. We can workshop. Yeah, that. it'll be. <laughs> but I want it, and. Um, yeah. I think yeah. you guys are going to help me get Your there. Your boy wants it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to fuck it. <laughs> so, anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that. We'll have links to that. And, you know, as always, we're still working on stuff. We've got cool shit in the, mm -hmm. in the pipeline. And um, hopefully, you know, we satisfied some people's curiosity about Charles the Charles the Second of Spain. El Echizado. El Echizado. And, um, yeah, what else? Yeah, I don't know. Um fucking dude john fetterman like this dude is fucking like my brain's fu i don't know like i just like i feel like everything that's happening right now is this like yes like really dark psychedelic tint to it yeah like i know um uh, and me and uh my russian buddy both of us have like read some thomas pynchon before mm -hmm. and so for anybody out there that's read thomas pynchon it's really insane like the, the like really dark psychedelia that I suppose he predicted the world to be like, you know, going back to the mid-century, I feel like has really come to pass with just, I mean, right down to the weird-ass fucking names of people that that keep, like, crawling out of the woodwork. But, um, I mean, it's just like, the one right now is like John Fetterman. Like, every day he has a new video, and it comes out, and the dude is still clearly struggling to speak from his stroke. And yet the only words that he, he, he comes out with are basically to be like Delbert Grady, from The Shining mm -hmm. to Israel's John Torrance, just like egging on, like genocide and like crimes against humanity, like uh, <clears throat> yes, the the Palestinians have been very naughty, if I may say so, Mister Netanyahu, <laughs> very naughty indeed. <laughs> like you know what I mean? they, they need, they need correcting. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's just like. I don't know, man. Everything is fucking insane right now. Yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a weird time. Yeah, and then like just Joe Biden like sauntering out and like full like just desiccated corpse mentality. Yeah. With like Secretary of State Antony Blinken just hovering right behind him, like you can almost see him holding a needle full of like fucking stimulants, ready to jam it into Joe in case he starts wandering off and talking about like corn pop and sniffing children's hair. Yeah, corn pop. I forgot about corn pop. <laughs> like, oh my god! I don't know, but it's just like every day I just like log onto the internet to see like just eldritch horrors. Yeah, it's and it's like every, it's so bleak, it's horrifying, but also like like I said, there's like strange psychedelic tint to it yeah where it's like it, uh, yeah it just like feels like a fever dream it sure does yeah it sure does <laughs> I, yeah i don't even know what to say about like yeah we talked a little bit about it a couple weeks ago and um yeah i don't know i think i think i mean our position hasn't changed but the yeah. scope of everything has changed so much yeah. and um 
anytime I try to have like, you know, serious conversations about it, it's just that the scope of things has just gotten so bleak and so big. And um, yeah. I, I, I don't feel like I'm the best person to talk about it. Yeah. Not that I ever feel like that with stuff like this, but um, yeah, yeah, it's just heartbreaking. And it's, it is. it's the saddest. Hey, yeah. Although I will say one thing that Elias is like kind of like heartening and it's like, it's almost even thinking about like this also makes me feel weird about it. But that like, you know, Palestinians have come out and said that like seeing the solidarity in the West um, has like given them resolve and like helped them. And so like, I feel like sometimes like, you know, it feels like we're really, you know, I, you know, I've been involved in like local and like uh, socialist and left wing organizing and stuff. And, like, it really feels sometimes like it's t entirely performative and, like, you're getting nowhere. But, like, seeing, like, you know, people, you know, across the world and you're just, like, I mean, like, there's, like, huge shows of solidarity. And, like, hundreds of thousands of people are protesting in Western so-called democracies with absolutely no change in what our government is doing and, and supporting there. But it, so it can feel kind of performative, except then you see the people that you're protesting for say that it's actually meaningfully affecting them. And I think, you know, you know, I think a lot of times here in the West, especially people on the left here in the West, it can, you know, there's sort of this like doomer mentality or like this idea that like everything you're doing is performative. And like, you know, maybe it might feel like that, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like these things actually matter. And so I think, you know, continuing to like show solidarity and to come out and i mean like if you look at all of the surveys and everything right now like the support for what israel is doing to palestine is like plummeted so much further than i thought was possible yeah. especially like if you look at demographics like people especially under 40 like i mean it's just like the support for palestine is like th you know like a like a majority like yeah. a, a, towards a super majority and like something yeah. i never thought was possible you know this is something people have been talking about for a while like what's going on in palestine like people have been talking about for decades to basically blank walls you know what i mean and um so uh, just uh, so you know just to say that like you know in the face of like all of these like crushing horrors of like what uh the the hegemon and the status quo have been able to you know the power that they've been able to exert you know what i mean like solidarity does mean something to those being affected by it and so yeah 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 i hope so i hope so i mean i think that i think that a lot of us feel kind of powerless um and like mm -hmm. you know I, when there are so many voices it's easy to feel um drowned out by those voices and to feel like your voice doesn't matter but it always does and yeah. Um, but it's the collective voice. It's the collective know? voice, and it's, you know, it's it's little things like you know calling your your Congress people. You know, um, that seems, you know, I've struggled in the past with feeling like that's, you know, can seem kind of performative. You know, and maybe it is, but engaging in whatever way you can to to let yeah. like that collective voice build strength. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say like showing collectivity, like going out in protests sure. and marches yeah you know, if you're if stuff. you have that available like to you and... like these 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 images of like hundreds of thousands of people in the middle of london and like in in new york and all that shit like that like means something like yeah. even even if like your country's not 
interpreting that or, or your country's not, you know, uh, responding to it. I'm sure as shit, people in other countries are. Yeah. They're seeing what's going on. Yeah. And the reason that your country's not responding to it is because they're hoping that by just ignoring it, it goes away. And so you can't really let it go away. You know what I mean? Right. And and I think it's important to have a cons- like a very consistent message, um, you know, really like a demand, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we want. This is why we're here. This is what we want. And, you know, you know, uh, being very consistent and open and forthright about that, you know, I, I, I just uh, I just want to say, you know, it doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. Even though sometimes it seems like it does. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put. Yeah. Um, so I guess with that, um, yep. we'll be back next week next week yep we'll be yep. back next week and yeah don't stop um don't stop fighting don't stop yep. you know pushing for what for what's right and mm-hmm. you know just to clarify support for palestinian freedom is not uh anti-semitic anti-semitic and it's you know and you should also not get sucked into because they're also well, I, there are a lot of fucking well, weirdos well, out there don't let them suck you into i would bullshit. say that's Generally speaking, those are people trying to co-opt the movement. Exactly. You know, no, the, the pro-Palestine right. thing has never been anti-Semitic, and that's been all. something that's been used in order to try to uh, cudgel right. um, the, the issue, you know, I mean, to scare people away. Yeah. Don't, and it's not working anymore. No, no, and it shouldn't. Yeah. So, anyhow, um, thanks for tuning in to Left on Red. Yep. And we will have links to that Patreon. And... Um, yeah, if anybody has any advice or any thoughts or any, any anything, mm-hmm. you can always reach out to us. And uh, yep. well, yeah, we've gotten some more nice emails as well too, which we, we always like. We so always like getting nice. Keep emails. reaching out. Yeah, please do. Um, and we will be we'll be back, and we'll keep you guys appraised with uh, any new projects that we're working on because you know Evan and I have been meeting consistently and trying to figure out what the next step is after episode mm-hmm. 100. I mean, the next hundred episodes have to be something great so mm-hmm. we're not going anywhere we've decided yep. we've decided to <laughs> renew our vows to one another yep. that's right <laughs> all right yep. you guys have a great week and we'll see you next week